It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You got to love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. And just like that, man, week 16, it's it's finally over. Now we're heading into week 17. Uh, we got we got some new faces. We got some familiar faces. We got, of course, Kendall Whitley, East West Football. We got Javier Zuniga from the Cowboy Cast. Gentlemen, uh, we got some special guests, right? We got uh we got Zim from uh Winston uh Sin- Okay, it's Cincinnati, but with the, with the W on there. Let me bring let me let me bring on Zim. Zim. Let, let him say it. Let him say it. That's for me, man. Cincinnati. Instead of Cincinnati, just Cincinnati. How are you doing, guys? Man, it's awesome. We're gonna talk a little bit about Bengals for just to kind of clarify. We want to talk Bengals first, and then we're gonna we're gonna do a week sixteen recap. Ace, you're gonna you're gonna chill for the whole week sixteen with us. I, I'll try to. I do have some family coming in town, so I might have to dip out a little early. But I'll let you guys know. hey, let's talk. Let's talk about the let's let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Uh, so uh, for first and foremost, uh, so if anybody's watching you guys for the first time, who wants to take over? Uh, Zim or Ace? Who do you got? Who who wants to take over? Ice. Yeah, tell, yeah. Tell nah, that's who I got you. Tell us, man, what's up? What's going on? Where can we go and tune in to find the best Bengals content right now on the YouTube? Yeah, you can definitely find it on the Winsonati Podcast. That's W-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Podcast. You put that in, you'll be able to find us there. You can also find us wherever you listen to your podcast at, whether that's uh, Apple, Stitcher, wherever that is. You can find us there. Um, but, yeah. And like you said, right, like uh, Cincinnati, let, let's talk about them. Right now, you guys are ahead in the division, man. You guys are, what, 11-4 and four right now? Yes, sir, 11-4. and four. We're trying to get that. We're trying to get that one seed, right, Zim? We're trying to see what we can do to get that one seed. We need we to get that, that one seed. The Bengals haven't lost in two months of action. I haven't come on our show and talked about a Bengals loss in over two months. They went undefeated in the month of November and December early in the season. Even if you go look at those games, three games decided by three walk-off field goals, never been done before in the NFL history. So we're talking about just a total of, I mean, what is it, like one point, two point, and a three-point victory or whatever, like crazy, crazy stuff like at the beginning of the season. But the Bengals got right, and we've been rolling ever since, and 100% coming for that number one seed, defending AFC yeah. champion, defending AFC North champion. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey. As much as much as it hurts me to say, I know I just we just played the boys a few days ago or not, but the Bengals I don't think they get the credit they deserve. Everybody want to talk nope. about the offense and Jamar Chase Higgins board and but they forget about their defense. Their defensive coach is really is really good. The defense is really good. They got a, it's a bunch of guys that we haven't really heard of, but they, I mean they're like they are top. They're good defense. They deep. They're talented. And they play with a chip on the show. Anytime you can be uh, Mahomes three times in a row. And we know that's hard. That's hard. That's hard to do that. Anytime you can do that, and the way they've done it, they really control those games. And people, I just don't think that defense. Like I talked, I don't think they defense get a lot of credit. Everybody, we like flash. We like to flash and scoring points and stuff. But they defense has played a lot. I don't think they'd be where they'd be today without their defense. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, me and Zim have always talked about it. I remember going into the playoffs when we would jump in these Twitter spaces. A lot of people wouldn't talk about the defense, and we would tell them, like, our defense is pretty good. Like, we'd always hear about their defense, or they'd talk about Jamar Chase, but we'd always tell them, like, yeah, this defense really is where it's at. And I think that they did a lot in the playoffs last season. And I, me and Zim talked about this on our pod last year, but early on in the season, even last year, the defense was always kind of the consistent unit and the offense was a little inconsistent. Like you're starting to kind of see both of them get consistent this year, which is why I think that that's kind of spilled over into success. But I think that the defense is super underrated. Like a lot of people say that there's not big names, but it's like I remember when we signed DJ Reader, I always thought DJ Reader was a big name even before he became a Bengal. You talk about Trey Henderson. This was a dude that was on the NFL Top 100 the last two years. Uh, you talk about Cheeto, who you guys from the Cowboys know. He came in, is, has definitely established himself. <laughs> Von Bell came over from the Saints. So just a lot of guys that just really Logan Wilson. scheme, and I feel like they're just cooking right now. And Logan Wilson, I think, one of the best underrated linebackers. If there, if there was a war for who, which linebacker doesn't get enough, you can say Jawan Jawan Bentley from the Patriots, but I like Logan Wilson. He play, tell him, tell him about ball. Pratt too, Zim. Tell him yeah, about Brett. Pratt. <laughs> Bengals Bengals are stacked, bro. Like you know, one of the concepts that I think a lot of people talk about as Bengals fans or people that don't want the Bengals to win, they be like, "How are they going to pay all these guys?" And you know, taking a, a a page from the book of the Patriots is you're not going to be able to retain everybody. Our defense was created because of the misfortunes or how weak we looked uh, after getting the doors blown off of us in 2019 to the Baltimore Ravens. They go to the draft, draft three uh, linebackers, and they hit on all three of them. And they're now like three very good – like two of them are premier linebackers in the league. I think they're, they're a top three linebacking group in all the National Football League. When you couple that with the fact that DJ Reader is probably the best nose tackle in football right now, it just makes it so that the linebackers are able to play clean – the cornerbacks, we did lose the starting cornerback, Cheeto Bay Awuzie, who is super, super underrated. Um, you know, we got him from the Cowboys. But since he had been with the Cowboys, had been the second lowest rated passing rating allowed in the National Football League. He was the number one pro football focused cornerback last year. He goes out for the season. We still regroup. The scheme of uh, Lou Anarumu is, is, is made to funnel everything to the safeties and, and a lot of zone concepts. So guys like Eli Apple and stuff are having the best season of their career. Um, this past week, he didn't give up a, a, a catch. He didn't give up a catch when we played the, t- the Chiefs two weeks ago also as well, too. And a lot of his scheme, a lot of it's the talent that, we're, you know, that these guys were having. Like, this is a first-round talent. So there's so many things, like, on this team – that I think most Bengals fans have walked away from who's your top five, who's your top 10. I'm very excited about the fact that I think that they have a really good kicker. They have a really good defense. And I feel like they got the best weapons on in, in as far as their wide receiver. And then who knows where you, where you got Joe Burrow ranked, but he's a really good quarterback and he's really good for the city too. So um, I know me and Harvey have a ton of questions for you guys. Uh, just overall, right? Uh, obviously, we we've seen the success, but I I have I have a question about you guys, quarterback, right? Because I, I mean, those that know know me for a while, and know me, I, I love me some Joe Burrow, right? And uh, you know, even when you see m- mainstream media put him up there in the top tier of quarterbacks, I I are you guys familiar with it? Which where I'm going with this, right? Somebody put out a list recently, and it had, you know, it had, uh, <clears throat> I believe it was Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I believe they gave Joe uh, Joe Burrow was the fourth. I forgot who the other quarterback is. But my question is, how good does it feel to have, you know, especially, you know, for your team, the Bengals, right? How, how good is that feeling if you can just sum it up for me, man? Because – for whatever reason, nobody wants to give Dak any any kind of credit at all. But for you guys, how does it feel to have a uh, elite quarterback uh, under helm for the Bengals? It feels amazing, bro. Like honestly, we felt like we've had this guy since day one because when he stepped on the field, and I know that that sounds crazy, but uh, in 2020, if you were actually watching the Bengals, like we were as fans, 
you knew that the dude was special the day that he stepped on the field. He didn't look like a rookie. You got to remember, too, it was during COVID. Like, there was no kind of contact with anybody. This dude in his first game really should have had, like, a storybook start to his career with a walk-off touchdown where he comes back, brings the Bengals back. They, he makes the throw to A.J. Green. A.J. Green gets called for a push-off. And it's like, this dude doesn't look like a rookie, like, at all. Like, we've seen Carson Palmer. We've seen Andy Dalton. We've seen all of the quarterbacks from around the league because me and Zim really champion going after and getting that elite quarterback. When we saw Joe the first year, it's crazy. We were telling everybody in the offseason, like, if this dude gets talent around him, he's going to cook. Like, he doesn't look like a normal dude. And we were – I think with Zim, we even said that he was a top-10 quarterback and people were looking at us like we were crazy. They were like, what do you mean? This dude just only won two games a year before. And we knew with – where the offense was going and if they were able to get the protection that he was just going to be a special quarterback. And we just always kind of had our sights on the chiefs. Like we always said, you can't beat the chiefs with Andy Dalton. Like you got to come to the game with weapons. You got to come with an elite quarterback. And I just felt like Joe from the mindset, like, yeah, he can be the top five guy, but it's really the mindset and the leadership and how he inspires and influences the whole team that I think takes them to another level. So I think when you have a top five quarterback like that, you just, I would think Zim would think the same. You just feel like you always have a chance with number nine. You always have a chance, bro. Like the, the one of the most uh, under appreciated stories, I think in the national football league is Joe Burrow's rookie season, the COVID stuff that happened, he comes in and the roster is bad. They put a lot on his plate where a lot of the, the a lot of guys that were watching the league would have folded. Didn't give him that many resources. First time coach, all these different things. He had us in every single game. We played the five and two Titans who went on to go to the playoffs and everything like destroyed them, destroyed them with like. And we went and got an offensive line like off the streets, like Quentin Spain and stuff like COVID and all this stuff was that he just put took brand new five guys said line it up. And they and they beat the dog crap out of these dudes, and it was so masterful. And then moving forward, like a game or two later, you know, he tears his knee up, uh, and and everything happens for a reason, you know. And then we get and then and then the unorthodox notion, you know, normally teams go and get wide receivers through free agencies like the Tyreek Hills, the Devontae Adams, and stuff. The Bengals had T. Higgins, who also in that first season, net, he wasn't the starter. He was coming behind A.J. Green and probably didn't get his first start until like week five and still had over 900-something yards. Then you – so you already have a number one wide receiver. You already got a hypothetical – like kind of like a number one in Tyler Boyd who himself already had 2,000-yard campaigns. Then they go to the draft and say, I'm going to go get another one number one wide receiver. Teams don't do that. And if somebody could show me that in the history of football, so that so when we put all those weapons on the field, then everybody is like so surprised. People disvalue the 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 focus of youth and how important that is in the NFL. Literally, you draft guys and then you're giving them a four year contract, almost guaranteed, because the name of the game is like youth. To get three guys in their prime of their career, 21, 22, and Tyler Boyd at 25 years old, and say, all right, y'all y'all go figure it out. And then the coach got better. All these different things got better. Joe Burrow wins comeback player of the year and goes to a Super Bowl. His first season, his first full season is insane. No, no other quarterback in the history of football has ever been the most sacked, had the highest completion percentage, and thrown for yard, the highest yards per attempt in an in a NFL season ever. It, like when people were trying to take away stuff from Burrow, I would be the main person like, no, nah, you got to take a look at these games. Like, He's incredible. He always – I think he makes the defense better and everybody around him, they're better. And whenever we get in the jam, like, he always gets his back. Like, if you go – even in our losses, he always brings them back. And even when we played the Cowboys, think about that game. We're down, like, what, 14 points? Comes back second half, makes his adjustment, ties the ball game up. He doesn't – you can't show me a game where he just gets, like – if they get – if they lose, it's a blowout couple turnovers early, something like we had on the Browns game or something like that. But if the game is within reach, he is he is a nightmare, like, for our opposing teams. So that's that's the way we feel about Joe. It's like you always got a chance and you're always in the game. 
and it is one of the greatest things. It helps me with my life. <laughs> I always <laughs> feel like I can't lose now. Like I got Burrow, bro. And and if you've ever been a fan of Tom Brady, you could tell somebody that feeling. If you've ever been a fan of Joe Montana, you could tell somebody that feeling. If you don't got that quarterback, it's hard for you to convey that to somebody. They would be like, ah, but he threw a pick. And it'd be like, yeah, shut up. Like, it's Joe Burrow. Like, I'm <laughs> going to come back and I'm going to win. And every step of the way, go watch some playoff games. He got sacked nine times, gets up and throws a dart on third and 20. And it goes to kick a game when it field goal. And every step of the way, he just did that over and over and over again. He, he's he's unflappable. When we won last week, I was going to tell you this, Kendall, he was pissed. They gave him a game ball. He was mad that they didn't perform to the level that he wanted in the second half. He was angry, took the game ball, and was like, all right, whatever. Was pissed. He's like a robot, bro. The thing that shocks me about the Bengals, as we, we know the Bengals and the Browns, they've been the bottom two teams of the, in the AFC North. You got Baltimore, you got Pittsburgh. And, no, I mean, they've Baltimore and Pittsburgh really have owned that division for the past two, de- two decades or whatnot. But the Bengals, not only have they last year won the division, they've been beating up the, the teams in the division. They said we ain't gonna stop there. We we want the we want the whole AFC. So they've got out the division. Now they beating um the Bengals and the Patriots and oh they got the Bills. That's a big Monday night game next. Um we'll talk about it later on, but they got the um, Bills next Monday. So we haven't we have yet to see Joe Burrow going up against the Bills and um, Josh Allen. This will be a pretty good game. But now in the AFC you got Cincinnati, you got Kansas City, Buffalo, and then it's everybody else. It's it's clear. So my, that's the thing that just like last year in the playoffs, the Bengals they beat the Titans. And people thought, well, if the Bengals make the playoffs and whatnot, they'd be satisfied with that. But they won, they kept going, and they could have, they came a player too of winning to win the Super Bowl last year. And they're a young team. And I mean, I just think the sky's the limit for this Bengals team. And like I just like I said before, um, we started whatnot. That defense doesn't get enough credit. And I mean, I think they're probably the favorites right now. I can't wait to see this Buffalo matchup next Monday night. Yeah, I, one thing I'll say is well, I'm gonna say people, it though, but yeah, they they like that. <laughs> a lot of people lump us with the Browns, game. but it's like when you really look at the last two decades, the Bengals have been good for a while. They just never won the playoff games. Like the Browns weren't going to the playoffs at all. There were some chance. There were some teams that won AFC North championships and stuff like that. Even if you actually look at the head to head between us and the Ravens, it's very close between both of us. So like. There's always three AFC North after, championships. Three eight three, in the last ten years, they got three sure. AFC North championships. We got three AFC North championships. Sure. Pittsburgh has four, and we've had teams where we felt like they were good enough to possibly get to a bowl or something like that. They just couldn't put it together. The 2015 Bengals, the 2005 Bengals with Carson Palmer. Uh, it's always been a division like, yeah, we always feel like it's one of the toughest divisions in football because you do have the Steelers, you do have the Ravens. Um, you had the Bengals and you had the Browns, and it kind of came a little bit, I feel like, of a change in the guard in, like, 2020. That's when things kind of erupted a little bit. 2019, when the Browns end up getting Baker and OBJ, and that shakes up stuff in the division. Ben starting to get old, and you got Lamar Jackson doing his thing. And I remember when I saw those dudes and we had Andy Dalton, I was like, yeah, we got to change this up, bro, because we need to get a dude that can compete with these other teams. And I felt like in 2020, I got to look at the rest of the division and I saw, like, we have what is the future now. Like, when you have a younger, better quarterback, you're always at an advantage. So now I think this this decade is going to flip because you got Lamar kind of on the outs with the Ravens. Whether they move on from him or not, that's to be desired. And then you don't know what they're doing after him. And then you got the Steelers right now. They got Kenny Pickett, so they don't have Ben Roethlisberger, who they had, you know, for the most part, those two decades. So now you're looking at the Joe Burrow kind of era. And now even if you look at Cleveland, they got Deshaun Watson now. Like, technically, these two teams now that might have been looked at as third and fourth in the division can really this decade be the top two teams in the division. So it's definitely dope to see, and it's definitely a new era, and it's cool to see things starting to pan out because I always felt like we had the teams and the talent. We just never had the quarterback. Like Andy Dalton wasn't that guy. Uh, Carson Palmer after the injury, after the elbow injury and the knee injury, he just wasn't that guy really. Now we got the guy and now it's just time to go out here and put it together. And I think like you said, another major key was Tom Brady leaving the AFC. Like Tom Brady leaving the AFC and going to the NFC just really opened it up. And I think the Chiefs felt like it was theirs for the taking, and Joe Burrow and the Bengals was like, hold on, hold on, nah, not yet. 
not yet. This is not y'all's yet. So I think between us, the Bills and and uh, the Chiefs, I think the AFC is in good hands. But there's a lot of other teams coming, man. Trevor Lawrence, a lot of these young quarterbacks now in the AFC. If you don't got one of them dudes, you're not going to be doing anything really in the playoffs. Like you got to go against a Trevor Lawrence, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, uh, uh, Pat you gotta, Mahomes, you, you, you gotta, you gotta have that dude. Yeah, you gotta have that you dude. Gotta you gotta have, have that dude in the AFC. And you gotta have pieces around him too. Talking about my Patriots, yeah. but yeah, you gotta, you gotta have pieces around. Him. For sure. Hey, real <laughs> quick, I I gotta. I'm not so much a question, but uh, for Zim and Ace, I know Zim's got to go. I don't want to keep you long, but this is my thing, right? I'm a big quarterback guy because I played quarterback. quarterback. I, right. So. My thing was, this is the thing, man. I knew this guy was special. Let me tell you why real quick. And you guys already know this. But to me, it's how you handle adversity. Right? When everything is going so wrong for you. And when you consistently in this league, as a young quarterback, throw receivers open. That's a difference between throwing to an open receiver and throwing them open. Right? And you're landing and you're on your back every time. That that's what I'm like, you know what? This is the guy, man. And it's gonna be scary. It's gonna be very scary. Um, and I said it, I said a couple of shows ago, didn't I, Jerry? Whoever meets Cincinnati in the AFC championship, bless their heart. Because they're <laughs> gonna have a lot of issues. Um, and I'll and I'll and another thing that that told me that this guy is just unbelievable when he when Jamar Chase was gone. Let's see what he's really got, right? Let's see what he's really got. That's going to tell us a lot. And he's not failed, man. No questions. I'll just leave it at that. Nah, yeah. for sure, bro. And it was funny because, like me and Zim kind of said at the beginning of the show, a lot of people didn't see that, right? Which I, I don't blame you. You're not going to watch a four-win team, you know, in 2020, right? But me and Zim had seen it. We had seen it without Jamar Chase. We had seen him with... Uh, A.J. Green that had lost a little bit of a step, a rookie T. Higgins, like him having Auden Tate and, and doing these things that Justin Herbert really did, but he got hurt, so a lot of people didn't see it. Like, I remember seeing him have – being on pace with, like, Andrew Luck. Like, oh, he's – Bro, he was on – when he got injured, he was on pace for 4,700 yards, and he was a shoo-in for the rookie of the year. Like, yeah, people don't remember crazy. that part. When we played the Chargers, Herbert wasn't even – he wasn't even on the – he wasn't even starting yet. Like they still right. had Tyrod, so it's kind of crazy how that that whole part like kind of uh, came out there. But I, well, like I, I said, I'm with you, man. Adversity is where it's at for sure. That, that's ahead, exactly though. how I look at him. as like yeah. he just he just fought through so much, and it's kind of like how the Bengals. I look at our, our our fans. It's like you had to fight through a bunch of stuff to get to this point uh, to be able to hold your head up and you know and, and then confidently yeah. say you know like we feel good about winning this game and all this different thing, you know, like, so I was one of the guys, like when we weren't winning that much, still had some good messages in there or whatever, but I, I ain't going to lie to the people like, Hey, like you're good or you're not. And when they are good, I'm one of the loudest <laughs> when they are good, but you know, like if they stink or they suck or whatever, I'll be quick to let you know. But it's crazy though. Like now that he's there, it's just, it does change up a lot of the dynamics of it. And then just like all the great quarterbacks in the history of football, they just put resources around them year after year, year after year. You know, sometimes we run into people, they say, well, if you didn't have those weapons, you know, like, but what quarterback, like, that's what, that's what the NFL is about. Like, go get your guy. You got to, you know, like even Brady at some point, you know, that, that Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, whether it was Randy Moss, whether it was Wells, what, like name your quarterback that, it, you know, like Peyton had uh, Marvin Harrison, uh, Montana had Jerry Rice and John Taylor and uh, Mark. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Brent Jones and in in all the great Roger Craig and all that stuff. Like, so if you really study the game of football, like you can't this whole uh, and I call it and one football. It's like who got the best crossover on ESPN or whatever. Like the highlight stuff is really cool, and and throwing for 400 yards is really cool, but it's not a sustainable thing. Like the great quarterbacks their front office were smart enough to put resources behind them. And that's the one thing that the Bengals were just banking on continuously making sure that they drive well and making sure that they put the right resource, the right resources around them. And, and so far they're doing good. So you guys already clinched, right? So uh, what's the game plan against the bills? And then you guys ended off with the Ravens, right? So uh, 
I mean, you guys clinched, and I, I mean, we want the number one seed. What you mean? No, clinching is not enough. You, clinching is, is cool. I need, you, I need you to to tell us. Uh, does it look like you guys are are all in? Nobody's gonna be like you know set out. It's all oh, in. We're all in, bro. We're going. All we're in. going for the number one seed for sure. Monday night, man. you're gonna get a you're gonna get a ball game. Like if you hadn't yes. seen Burrow, like you know, like straight up, like a full Monday night, gonna be fireworks. Telling you that yeah. right now. They're gonna be ready. They're definitely gonna be ready. They had this one marked on the calendar because yeah. the, the other thing about this team is they've been used to being doubted. You got to think like through, throughout that whole run last year, everyone was telling them that they shouldn't have been there. They they were gonna be out that round. They got lucky by getting to the Super Bowl. Then after they get to the Super Bowl, all they hear in the offseason <laughs> is that it's a fluke. Buffalo's the number one team, even though they lost to the same team Cincinnati beat, that they haven't been able to get past two years in a row. And, you know, earlier in the season, everybody's hearing regression and this and that. Oh, 0-2 teams don't make the playoffs and all of this and that. So this team kind of has a chip on their shoulder. And when they get to play in these games against the Chiefs and the Bills, they're like, okay, you can say all of that. But when it's time to actually line it up against this team, it's going to be a good one. So I think, obviously – the matchup that I'm looking for is our defensive coordinator, Luana Rumu, who I don't think gets enough credit versus Josh Allen. I know he's going to have all kind of mind games that he's going to try to play with Josh Allen, where he's going to show him something in the first half. Second half, he's going to go away from it. But obviously, you want to contain him, try to stop the run. Stefan Diggs, you want to try to definitely minimize him in this game because that's his guy. And then you're probably going to see us use a guy that we call Trey Flowers. I think he's like a 6-3 corner. He usually plays a lot of those. Seattle. I think games. he was in Seattle. Yeah, he was in Seattle. We have a role for him on playing tight ends. So you'll see him on Dawson Knox. You'll see us try to get pressure with four. Offensively, we're going to put all the pressure on you. We're going to go to our weapons. We're going to see how you're going to play them. If you try to double Jamar Chase, we're going to go to T. If you try to mess with T, we're going to go to Chase. We're going to go to Tyler Boyd. We're going to yeah. go to a lot of these weapons. And then if you're trying to stop our pass, we're going to hit you with the run with Joe Mixon, or he can catch a couple passes. That's, where, that's what practice. I wanted to ask you. How big, uh, how big of a loss is Lionel Collins, that, that injury? Lionel Collins, we were actually just talking about this. He actually struggled a lot um, this season, if we're just being honest. Like, I don't know if it was the back injury or what it was, uh, but he really has kind of – a lot of people have kind of called him the weak point of the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint. From a run game perspective, he was really good in finding his own. He had some flashes here and there where he kind of looked like the guy that we expected him to be. I would probably say the Saints game was one of them. Uh, but he just has been up and down, honestly. So yeah. I would probably say it's not as big of a loss – as probably some of our other linemen would have been. I think that there's a guy in Hakeem Identity that can come in and uh, play pretty well, which he did last week. He played but, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that means anything. So it's not part. like – it's not. And one thing that Lyle Collins was doing all year because of the back injury, Lyle, uh, Identity was getting all the first-team reps on the, on the rest days or whatever or the vet days or whatever. So he's been – he starts every, you know, week in practice at right tackle um, right. from his base – and his footwork, I think he's better in pass protection than Lyle Collins. But like Ace was saying in the run game, Lyle Collins is a monster and he mauls people. Uh, he probably get, he had about like two pancakes every game. And one of the things, like if we need a tough yards, like a quick two yards, they go run right to that right side with Kappa and Collins on that side. So I don't know how that's going to look. And that's one of the things that I'm I'm really concerned about, I, I guess, moving forward because Adenogy isn't a power guy. He's more he's He's really a pass protector. I'm going to tell you, though, one thing that people aren't talking about in that game is the Bills center, um, uh, yeah. Mitch Morris. Or, yeah, yeah um, uh, Mitch Morris, if he's had a concussion, if he's out at center and then DJ Reader is now going up against that the backup center, That's I just I, I can't see a world. You know, like we just played the Patriots and Ramon Stevenson ran for 175 yards the week prior. We just saw – and then what did he run for, like 30 yards or something in the game? We just saw Nick Chubb. He ran for 30 yards. We just saw Derrick Henry. He ran for 20-something. I cannot see a world where the Bills are going to be able to run the football on DJ Reader and them up front, and the linebackers are able to track. And if you're telling me your backup center is in there and you're not being able to communicate on a lot of the different stunts and stuff that we'll be using, like in conjunction with that, 
that I feel like that's the matchup for me. And then their left tackle is the weak link of their offensive line. Um, in sure. uh, in uh, uh, Spencer Brown, Trey Hendrickson's on that side. I like. I think that's a bigger a bigger thing that people are going to find out, or they're going to see that early on. Even though, the, like I said, in the run game, I, I am concerned about us running like at least to the right side. But don't be surprised if you see Trey Hendrickson like forcing Josh Allen out of a lot of stuff, and then you got DJ Reader that's just going to be like, look up front. He, he stuffs like you. You don't get that many successful runs, not in between the tackle, not in between the guard, the center, or the tackle and the guard. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I mean, <clears throat> you guys are technically what fifth, fifth in passing, uh, rushing the ball. You guys are twenty six. You guys are putting up the points though, and you guys are right there with the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are at twenty eight points offensively. You guys are averaging about twenty six points a game. So this is going to be a real shootout, man. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you should get us ready for for the game? I know you guys are probably not ready to get predictions, so we're not going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, but I would I would like to end it with asking you guys, uh, rank Joe Burrow on 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 that scale. Re, on the re, give if you have to reorder it, reorder it. I mean, for me. For me, like, I'm not going to argue with anybody with who they feel are the top quarterbacks. I just feel like Joe Burrow's top two and he's not number two. When I got number nine at the end of the game and I put the ball in his hands, I know that he's an elite processor. I feel like no one processes football like Joe Burrow pre-snap, what he sees, how fast he reacts, throwing guys open, as Javier talked about earlier. The thing that a lot of people also talk about is the arm strength and stuff, right? I never hear people talking about like the dots that Joe Burrow throws. Like it's like every week it's like, what? Like I go back, I always go back to the Cleveland game where Jamar Chase wasn't even expecting the ball and Joe Burrow just puts it in the spot where it's just right there in this crazy window. For me, I'm taking number nine, bro, just because I just know that he can take us to the promised land. I've seen it. I know if he just gets the right guys around him that he can raise and elevate guys. We see Trent Irwin now. This dude has four touchdowns. This dude started the year on the practice squad, bro. And now he's out here catching two touchdowns against the Patriots, caught a couple on some of the other teams. Uh, to me, is it's Joe Burrow, man. I'm not going to argue with anybody with what their respective order is. But for me, it's, it's Burrow and Mahomes there. I'm going to take my guy with Burrow. Man, it's tough because if you're saying, like, who's the more accomplished or something like that, then, yeah, yeah you, you you would have Burrow, like, you know. But if I'm starting a team right now, it's Burrow, bro. <laughs> like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, Josh Allen, I feel like, is a phenomenal quarterback. I feel like these all, all these guys are really good, and they're all really good for their team. You know, like, when you when you talk about a top. But they're like they're like you could put Burrow on any of them teams and he gonna go and he's, he would go crazy on those teams. I I don't know that a hundred. I, I think like Josh, you know the accuracy stuff. I think shows up. You were talking about Prescott earlier, right? The one thing uh, that I know that Prescott is is very accurate. Uh, people are a fly by night type of society that we live in, and they go off of like the last thing that they saw. I look. One of my thresholds is your quarterback must throw for sixty five percent. Or higher. Yes. Joe Joe Burrow is always at 70%. He led the league in completion percent. You know who's at 69% currently right now? Dak Prescott. Yeah. So now the conversation is now about what do you do in clutch moments? Why did you run right? Why did you run right there? Why did you throw like the the decision making late in games that I notice sometimes? Those are the things that we define quarterbacks. And then a lot most quarterbacks, and we look in the history of football. On how did you perform in the playoff? Those are the things. It's not the ability of a Dak Prescott. Um, and, and just like Burrow, you know, like I think he proved a lot. Once you get past the – I feel like Burrow's the most accurate quarterback in the football, in the NFL. Once you get past that, then you start talking playoffs. Then you start talking about decision, clutch factor, all those different things. And when you put all those things together, it always ends up being Burrow for me. And and I, and I, and I, and I hate it. You know, I'm a homer, I guess. But it is what it is. It's like if I'm starting a team, like what is the question on Herbert right now? He's got all the abilities in the world, but you worry about the clutch gene. What's the thing with Mahomes in the three games that we beat him? He doesn't process the field as well, goes to backyard-style football, and go look at the second half of both of those games when we make the adjustments. 
Go look at go look at Pat Mahomes. If you're telling me like the most elite quarterback in the history of football, show me a game where they they got the doors blown off of them 31 to 9 in a Super Bowl. Like and look like I don't care about the offensive line, whatever excuse. Like, show me like the elites, the best of the best, the Dan Marinos. They never look pedestrian like that. And, and every time that we play um, Mahomes in the second half of the game, he never adjusts to any of the things when we drop seven or we show him a 3-1-7 or we showed him a strong six looks in the last game or anything that you show him. If you did that to Burrow, he would just cook. He would just come. He, you might get a successful drive. He will come back and process and then rip your heart out on a big third down. Like Mahomes never did that to me. So maybe my like my viewpoint or my vantage point is a little bit different. But I just don't think that he processes. I think he has way far better arm talent than Burrow. He can throw from different arm angles that Burrow can't. I think he improvises probably maybe a smidge higher than Burrow. But if you aren't 100%, if you aren't accurate, you can't be – it's not sustainable. Like Brady is Brady because he's accurate. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers because he's – Aaron. Prescott should be able to play in the league for a long time. He's accurate. But the fly-by-night highlights thing is, like, driven a lot of people off of some of these things where they're just like, oh, well, I mean, he sucked. He threw two picks. Shit, everybody throws picks here and there. Like, every, you know, like, how was what was the decision? Did he go through his progressions correctly? Those are the things I'm looking at. So I always pick Burrow in that, in, in that conversation. But if you told me Mahomes or you told me Josh or even if you told me, like, a Lamar or something, I wouldn't even argue with you. I'd be like, hey, for your preference, I, I feel you, bro. <laughs> Hey, I will yes, say sir. this. Uh, oh, did did you guys want to say anything to add to that? Because I know they're t- they're they're pressed for time. I gotta get. I'm about to say I gotta get out of here. Say, but I, I, uh, the one thing I will get to Joe Burrow is that he's number one in drip. That is point. <laughs> that's <laughs> important. That's, that's very important. important. Hey, very important. You got the swag. Hey, good luck to the rest of the the season. Uh, you right, said, right. of course, on YouTube, right? When Sydney, uh, Cincinnati. Winsonetti, we gonna work with you, Jerry. Winsonetti, Winsonetti, because I, 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 I not Cincinnati, just straight up Winsonetti. Winsonetti Pod is the Twitter. Winsonetti Pod, P O D. That's the Twitter. My man Ace right here at New Stripe City is right there in his drink. Same thing on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. That's where everybody can find you guys, right? Yes, yes sir. sir. Hey, we appreciate you guys coming on with us. It was it was fun talking with you guys, Bengals football. Best of luck the rest of the, rest of the way. Hey, number one, baby. Thank <laughs> you very much for having us, guys. Yep. Man. Appreciate it. Keep it real, happy, baby. Happy holidays. All right, all right. So let's get right back into business, man. Uh, let's talk football. Uh, you guys ready, right? So week 16, man, that, the, hey, those that, those guys were some awesome guests right there. Yeah, man, yes, they sir. were. Yes, sir. Hey, good luck to them on the rest of the way. So let's talk about it. Uh, where do we leave off, man? Uh, because – it was a, it was it was all scattered right because of Christmas Eve. And well, yeah, so uh, happy holidays, right, to uh, all those. Uh, thank you so much for all the su- continued love and support to East West. But let's get right to it. We uh, Jags Jets, right? Obviously, the Jags they uh, they came away with that. Uh, it was an ugly game, number one, right? It was raining. It was ugly. Uh, are the Jets completely out, Kendall? They're not out, but <laughs> I do feel that Jaguar lost. Hurt them, and in terms of being a Patriot fan, I do kind of hope Seattle beats them <laughs> Sunday or whatnot. It'll push them down a little farther, but I don't believe they out. Mike White it got clear to play, so he's back in. They're gonna have Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson in that for the rest of the season or whatnot. Well, for this game, I know so. Yeah, they're they're not out, but they're, they're hanging on. Harvey, what I mean, we've been talking about the Jags are what they're at top of the AFC South right right now. I believe that they're holding on barely. Uh, I I think the Jags win it all, man. I think Ooh. they take the division. And with the Jets, I think the Jets are done. Wow. The Jets are done. When when you change quarterbacks so many times, you have no nobody knows what's going on in that. Other than the defense, that offense, man, I don't think they know who their quarterback is. To be not honest, only, not only that, but some people say if you go through that many quarterbacks, you have no business in the playoffs, right? You, you don't. You don't. And that's my point, man. I I just don't think. For for me, in my opinion, I think the Jets are done. Uh, I think the Jags win the division, but that that's just me. Just because of the trend that they're going through, they're just going up and the momentum. Momentum is everything. And then you had the Titans lose against the Texans. Nah, man, I think the Jags, are they're going to take it all. 
So the the next game was uh, Falcons versus Ravens. Ravens won this one, seventeen to nine. Ah oh, man, impressive win by the Ravens, man. Impressive without Lamar, play some good ball. Great win by the Ravens. Falcons, what? I think, yeah, they, they're eliminated from the playoffs. They're not in the picture anymore. Falcons, yeah. Yep. What happened to the Lions, man? Lions and Panthers, man. The Panthers are are trying to make this late minute surge, I guess, uh, towards the back end of the season. I was all in on the Lions. I said, you know what? I think the Lions are going to go into the playoffs, but the Lions lost 37-23. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Kendall. (laughs) That shocked me because I thought the Lions was going to win. I actually thought the Lions were going to win down here in Carolina, but that one kind of shocked me there. It it really did. I didn't think that, but it's like the the, the real Detroit Lions showed back up. And get the ball to Jameson Williams, man. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I'm with you too, Kendall. I, I had no idea that game was going like that at all, whatsoever. I would think it'd be somewhat of a close game, maybe. But man, that was a shocker to me. I could not believe I had to change the channel, man. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, Panthers hey, playing some good ball. They are. They, they, have, are. An, they have an opportunity, right? They, they, they are. Yes, the Panthers do have an opportunity. They actually have the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay right now because they beat Tampa Bay earlier. And now they play. I believe Tampa plays them at the end of the year. I'm sure uh-uh, they played. They played this week. If, they if play they, this week. They, so they yeah. So this is a big game, man. This is the game right here because if they beat Tampa, they got the tiebreaker in the division. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, you're right. Panthers, Panthers versus Bucks uh, at twelve. It's a twelve o'clock game on uh, on Sunday. So uh, yeah, you're right on that one. Uh, we had the Seahawks and Chiefs. Of course, you know Chiefs are. This is their time of the year. Some would say. 24 to 10. Anybody want to add on that? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said, right? You know, you know what's disappointing for me was Geno Smith was playing so well, man. And mm. he he was one of the best quarterbacks probably in during what week six, seven. And they it seemed just like went, since they came back from Germany, they, they, they've been struggling. It just went downhill, man. It's kind of weird, but yeah, the Chiefs for sure. It it, it is a crazy situation. The Saints beat the Browns 17 to 10, man. Oh. <laughs> Another uh, do they have an opportunity? Do the Saints have an opportunity? They do, yeah, but so- they need they need some help. But Kendall, come on, man. What is it with these NFC South? I don't know, man. Like, and everybody's still alive except for the Falcons or whatnot. Who would have thought that? <laughs> Saints need to I think that I actually think Carolina's in the best position. They beat Tampa and the way Tampa played, we get that game in a minute. When Tampa just played, I think Colt McCoy would have would have won that game for the Cardinals if he was at and whatnot and playing. I hate to do this to you, Kendall. Bengals and Patriots. Oh man! If I I I I I, we just we're we're covering we're covering the games right now. Okay, just remember that. Uh, Is that a personal shot at you? No. uh, All I got to say about the game is. Bad teams will find ways to lose games. Ooh. I mean, I don't even have nothing else. You want to hear more about it? Tune in tomorrow night to my show, Ken's Pants Talk, on my YouTube. You see it down at the bottom. But bad teams find ways to lose to lose games. Simple as that. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. And we don't, we've known what's wrong with the Patriots and Bengals right now. I mean, they're red hot right now. How many, how many straight did I say? Seven straight? I believe seven, they're, yeah, seven, seven. They're, they're right behind the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are eight straight. Uh, Giants versus Vikings, 27-24. Both teams, uh, one the, one's the two seed, uh, I believe. Uh, what, what was the Giants? Were they the sixth seed? Yeah, I know they were the fifth. No, yeah, they were sixth. Oh, yeah, six. because Cowboys are fifth. So, yeah, uh, the but, but, I mean, Vikings took care of business. Um, let's move on. Uh, then we had the uh, Bills and Bears. Bills thirty five, Bears thirteen. That was another another ugly game too. I mean, yeah. but so some would say this is the kind of this is the the weather that you would want right for uh, for this type of uh, football, right? Uh, football yeah. weather. Some some would say that. Uh, then we had the let's see here. We had the uh, we said Bills Bears Texans versus Titans. Texans beat the Shocking. Titans. Shocking. Horrible game. Kind of not shocking. But Tennessee been struggling the past month, so. What do you I mean? See, what I, do you see in Tennessee? Uh, Kendall, I know me and Harvey were talking about them today, but what do you see in Tennessee? Like, what did they just completely melt down or something? I think they're they're too Derrick Henry centric. 
it's there, and he looked like he's got he got a lot of wear and tear on. He like he's he's just dragging everything right now. He, he looks bad. Uh, I know I know he's his yard his yardage is still looking good, but he's fumbling he's fumbling the ball. Uh, the second straight week or the th- second straight week he's fumbled and whatnot. So that they need some more playmakers around him. And then they um they fired the GM a couple weeks ago, and they've been going downhill since then. So um yeah, b- bad Titans right now, man. And they, they probably the division probably done. And that and that's why I said uh, Jerry and Kendall. I don't think the Titans are gonna win the division, man. When your offense puts up less than two hundred yards, you're not you're not gonna win, man. Especially the way the Jags are playing and their defense is playing. They're I, I don't see the Titans making. They can rest all the players they want, but I don't think they're gonna win. We've always known the Tennessee Titans to be a tough team, especially during this time of the year. So you know, regardless of the situation. We still got to hand it to them. They're, they are still one of them teams that, you know, you got to give them respect. And one team that will, will seems to let off the gas is the Dallas Cowboys, and that's who, who's facing the Titans on Thursday this week. Commanders versus 49ers, 37-20. to 20. Oof. Mm, 49ers looking real good. Washington, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Uh, and you know what was shocking to me, Kendall? Uh, me and Jerry talked about this. The commanders are ranked fourth defensively. Yeah, that's crazy. And for Purdy to do that, I don't know, man. It's one of those teams you got to be very careful. Um, the game was it wasn't really it was close in the beginning. I was watching it, but they just they just took away with it, man. That defense just dominated that offense. They had no, no answer for it. Um, but that quarterback, man, that Niners quarterback, he's playing very well. But again, a lot of it is masked through what Cal Shanahan does. He's masked. Yeah. He's masked Jimmy G. He's making him. He's yeah. making him look way better. Trey Lance is the one that looks like he's having a hard time grasping the masking that that they do. But you know, like uh, I've heard Walter Stringer say, you know, Cal Shanahan still has he has a gorilla on his back, right? And that's mm-hmm. the, the Super Bowl gorilla that's been hanging on his back since he was with the Falcons as the OC and of yep. course the 49ers head coach. So. It's going to be kind of hard. I mean, do you, I, I love the defense that the 49ers have, but it's hard. You know, it's only a matter of time before defenses can 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 find a way to get to the rookie, whether it be, psycho, uh, you know, psyche or mentally, uh, physically or mentally. Uh, Eagles and Cowboys, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> you don't have to ask me. Go ahead, Kendall. Or, or, I think that game, way, man. I think the game came down to that, I want to say, was it third and 30? 30 and 30 came. Eagles had well, Eagles up by 10 twice, I believe. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm not correct, but they was up by 10 twice. They blew it. I think they let it slip away or whatnot. I do think the Cowboys played great down the stretch or whatnot with that Prescott and my guy C.D. Lamb played real good. But um, 30 and 30, how did you get it up on 30 and 30? I, I don't that, – that hurt right there. And then I think um, Miss you threw the pick. Th- 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 they fumbled. They fumbled. And that while well, they was up by ten, so twice the Eagles could have blew this game off the door, uh, blew the doors off, off off the Cowboys. But turnovers and I, I've seen people th- say that if Jalen Hurts played it, no, no, because Jalen Hurts don't play defense. Last time I checked, <laughs> that Prescott was was carving that defense. Jalen Hurts does not play defense. So yeah, probably the turnovers probably wouldn't happen, but they're still they, they, he don't play defense, so it, it won't go slow that down. Yeah, thank you for you saying that instead of it coming from me, Hardy, because they would be biased, right? Uh, but I'll tell you this, the love and the hate is real, man. I don't know what's up with Philly. Philly, you know, I heard you guys have some nice cheesesteaks. You know, that I would like to go over there. <laughs> now that I've already pledged my allegiance to the Cowboys and and and, and we have the Cowboy Cats, I don't know how I feel about going to Philly right now. I'll tell you that much right now. I'm not scared. Well, I mean, I'm not scared either, but I mean, you know, it's not the city of brotherly love. I'll tell you that much right now, because I'll tell you this: they pulled out the excuse list, and man, it looked like it looked like a uh, uh, Santa's naughty list. I'll tell it, you that. It much. was long, Kendall. Long. <laughs> uh, but let's get let's get right to it. Raiders and Steelers, uh, uh, very close, ugly game, right? I guess uh, if thirteen to yeah. ten. Um, Steelers won, and um. Franco Harris, you know, we talked about that on the last pod. Rest in peace to him and whatnot, but still it's one that one for Franco Harris, and they played some great ball. George Pickens with the um, game-sealing touchdown. Let me ask you, Kendall, what do you think the, the the Raiders need to do? Because it looked like they had all the pieces in place. It looked like they, they, they were trying to make a push. What do you think the Raiders need to do to turn this thing around, or do you think they got to just 
tear down and rebuild? I think first and foremost, they got to get the quarterback. Uh, I think Derek Carr. We got to. We've been hearing for years that this might be his last year. This might be his last year. So they got to get that figured out. His future, his fate. There. They got some nice weapons. You got Devontae Adams. He's still like 29, 30 years old. You got Wally. Get that contract thing worked out. Hunter Renfro come back if he can stay healthy. Um, they they got some guys and whatnot. I know Josh Jacob. He might. I think he's a fridge after the season. Maybe they re-sign him or whatnot. Um, they got it. Didn't start something with the defense too. You got your two red edge rushers. You got Chandler. You got Crosby. Get that secondary fixed up, some more speed at linebacker, and I think the Rays will be okay. They're not far off. I just think a lot of the issues are, like, in their front office, play calling, and that quarterback and whatnot, a little bit on defense. But I think they'll be fine once they, they shoot up a few things and whatnot. It's a quick fix for the Raiders. Awesome. That's good to hear for them. And the Steelers, of course, we already know they're in the rebuild. I mean, they got Kenny Pickett. Uh, George Still in the playoff picture, though. Still in the playoff picture. And George Pickens looks good, man. That, what, that rookie wide receiver? Yeah. Wow. I think a lot of teams kind of slept on him. Uh, Packers and Dolphins, believe it or not. Uh, Packers, I, I mean, look at it. Looked at one point, it looked like the Dolphins looked red hot. And then I don't know what happened after that. I think Green Bay gets that final spot. Because if you look at they got Minnesota at home and they got Detroit at home. Detroit just they took a step back playing the Panthers. The Vikings defense can't stop a nosebleed. Hey, I hope they, they might, I got a feeling they might slip up though with one of them games, but oh, it's looking good for Green Bay. Kendall, yeah. Kendall, if you could give your month's paycheck that Green Bay gets in, you give your month's paycheck. Yes, I would without shadow doubt. Green Bay, oh, Green Bay gets in there. Oh, that's a bowl. Okay, okay Kendall. They get in there. Just off the center fact, Aaron Rodgers, he's on a mission. He, he he's motivated. They won three straight. And all they need, they need to win these two divisional games. I think they need Washington to lose one game. And Washington got the Cowboys. I don't know who Washington played this week. But I don't know they got the Cowboys to finish out. Now, who knows what the Cowboys do that game, if they rest. Because the Cowboys at the five spot, they probably don't really got to do anything. But Washington only need to, needs to lose one, one game. And Green Bay, of course, got to win out. I think Green Bay gets. And guess what? And I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it all the way up until they get eliminated. Don't nobody want Green Bay to get that seventh seed. Nobody. Yeah, Washington plays the Browns. So where's that game? That's in Cleveland. Is in that's Cleveland? in that's in uh it's in Washington. Okay. Tough game. And then you got the Colts playing the Giants mm. in New York. Mm. Off what we saw, I know we were talking about this game shortly, but off what we just saw last night. <laughs> I don't know too much about that. Uh, does, does that show us that the Dolphins are, are not who we think they are, Kendall? The Dolphins? Yes, because, I mean, like I said, they they, they look like they were coming off to a red-hot st- uh, start in that game, and then it just looked like they – I don't know. Hey, I, I'll tell I'll tell you right now, Kendall, I think the Niners baptized him ever since then, man. He hadn't been right. Two has been struggling, and, I mean, whether it's bad weather or good weather, hey, they were, it was hot as – it was – Warming, um, what they say it was kind of chilly in Miami the other day, but he's he's been bad the last the, this this past month. He's been bad, so I mean maybe that MVP and the MVP or Pro Bowl snub it. I mean make it looks good right now because he's been terrible. <laughs> and I and I hope physically he gets back right or whatnot. I know they got to play the Patriots Sunday, but I don't. I think in turn, I mean this is another conversation for another day. But in terms of health wise, I don't. I think they should sit two out the rest of the year. And just go into the offseason and let him just weigh his options, man. Because right now, it's not about football. It's not about wins and losses. It's about his health and long term. I think yeah. he should sit out the rest of the year. Yeah, he needs to do. He needs to protect himself if he wants to play football. I mean, that, that looks ugly. And anytime he goes down with a concussion, it never looks good. So, uh, you know, prayers out to him. Broncos at Rams. Can you believe the Rams put up a 50 burger against the Broncos defense? 51 to 14, man. And we got the head coach fired, too. Yeah. Uh, do you think what what was going on in the sideline, do you think that's what got the coach fired? Because that was ugly with Brett Rippon getting into it with the, who was it, uh, Dalton Reisner and the shoving match between the two and then Russell coming out. I mean, it looked like a mess, man. The Broncos are a mess. Let's not get into yeah. it. Yeah. Two, bad, <laughs> two bad teams played against each other, but whatever. <laughs> Then you had the Bucks. You had the Buccaneers, nineteen Cardinals, sixteen. The Buccaneers find a way, but I mean, it's kind of hard with who was it? Uh, Sorley, McSorley, McSorley. Tom, I mean Tampa, but they are lucky. 
they are in this NFC South division. Because like I just said earlier, if Colt McCord plays, Cardinals win that game. I think they, I don't even think it's close. They just needed to make a few first downs along the way, and they win that game. It wouldn't even have gotten to where it got to, but got the overtime and whatnot. But that's that's bad, man. They 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 lucky. Big game for Tampa Sunday against Carolina. It almost feels like uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers always find the luck in these games, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what these guys did. Hey, but... th- that luck's going to run out, man. It's going to run out, I promise you. <laughs> you can't keep hanging on by a thread like that, man. You, you, you can't. You can't That's... wait. You can't wait the two minutes left in the fourth quarter or in overtime like we just seen to do that. You you can't. You can't. I know you can't do that, man. The better teams, it's not going to happen. You'll be out of by halftime. Yep. Chargers, Chargers clinched 20 to three uh, against the Colts. Ooh. We didn't, we didn't see that happening. There we can, though. I've seen the, uh, well, I kind of, I thought the Colts would upset the Chargers because the Chargers have been known to put up some bad performances or whatnot. But, um, oh, my, bad, good Chargers. Go Chargers, go Chargers. <laughs> they play some good ball right now. And then, of course, this Thursday, we got the Cowboys versus Titans. And this is going to be at Tennessee for the Dallas Cowboys. It's uh, unfamiliar uh, waters for the Cowboys because they haven't really been, you know, a team that faces off against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess, Kendall, I mean, me and Harvey will probably leave our predictions till Thursday. But, I mean, what is it that you want to see in this matchup, if anything? Can the Dallas Cowboys finish a game against the, against the AFC South opponent? The Colts, they struggle with to start the game. Colts took the lead for a little bit. We all know what happened. Um, the Texans almost lost that game. The Jacksonville, uh, we don't want to go into that conversation. But that happened a couple weeks ago. And now you got the Titans. Another AFC South. The AFC South has given the Cowboys problems this year. I don't know if they just don't get up for it or what, but I would like to see Dallas come out and blow the doors off a really Tennessee Titans team that seems like they've already melted in for the year and waiting for the offseason. And then you're starting a rookie quarterback. Come on, Dallas. Don't don't fall for the trap. Go in there, punch him in the mouth, put the um put the game in Malik Will's hands. And just crack, you know they go as Derek crack the ball. Put eight, nine, ten in the ball. Start Derek Henry. Get on. You, you have an extra few days to rest up for uh to go to Washington. So that's what I want to see from Dallas. Don't fall for the trap. Put just beat him. Just beat Tennessee, put him away. So Harvey, do you have a do you have a I guess a a, a look at who has clinched the playoffs? Uh, just so we can kind of go through that little rundown before we end the show, because I believe that's it for us today here on East West. Yeah. So real quick breakdown: the AFC is uh, the Bills obviously have clinched, the Chiefs have clinched, the Bengals have clinched, the Ravens have clinched, and the Los Angeles Chargers have clinched. So there's two more playoff spots open. Um, so we still got the Jags, the Dolphins. Technically, a bit it would end today. They would be in. But um, the Patriots, man, the Patriots are still on the bubble. The Jets are still on the bubble. The Titans, the reason the Titans are is because if they lose this game against the Cowboys and then they beat the Jags at the end of the year, they're in, man. So it's a big game, that last game. Um, the NFC, we got obviously the Eagles, Clinch a playoff, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Cowboys. And then we have uh, the Bucks still in it, Giants, Washington. And then on the bubble, you got Seahawks, Lions, and Packers and everybody else. But Seahawks and Lions and Packers are really the ones that are on the bubble. Um, the Buccaneers still need to win the, the NFC South. And then obviously the Giants of Washington at six and seven. So still a lot of football to play, man. Two more games. To decide uh, three more playoff bursts in the NFC and then two more on the AFC. It's crazy, right, Kendall? It's already, it's already, I mean, Harvey, Kendall, it's crazy how the NFL regular season is already coming to a wrap, man. Literally two weeks away and we're, we're in the playoffs. Uh, I just want to clarify Cowboys are three and three versus the Tennessee Titans and vice versa. Tennessee's three and three. So they're, they're, they're tied right now. So this, this game has some meaning and, like I think said. the last time they played, they lost. It was a Monday Night Football, Amari Cooper first year. Am I correct? Yes, it was uh, November fifth, twenty eighteen. 
Uh, t- the Tennessee Titans twenty-eight, Cowboys fourteen. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that because um, that's the game Mari Cooper hit uh, Malcolm Butler with a n- nasty zig route scored on. I remember that. <laughs> but uh, just so that's what I have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, you, if you guys are not following Kendall on all his social media platforms, you guys are missing out. This guy's a gem. He's a freaking uh, NFL almanac. I'm telling you, man. I have to look this stuff up. This guy has it all in his mind, man. But that's it for East West football, man. Um, do you guys want? Did you guys want to add anything else? Make sure y'all go subscribe, man. Ken's Pat Stock on YouTube. New show them one night at six thirty Eastern. Yeah, man. Uh, it's 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 simple, right? You, you just follow Kendall on his social media platforms. He'll he has the link in his bios. Go subscribe. Also, the same thing goes for the Cowboy Cast. It's easy. The Cowboy Cast, and that's on all social media platforms. Go and subscribe. Of course, subscribe to the East West Football, baby. This is Sports Center, but at its finest, man. We all come together and we bring our sports minds together and we talk football. Thank you for thank you so much. Uh uh go Cowboys. And uh if if not, what is it? Will it be the New Year's when we get to recap? No, we'll probably we'll probably meet New Year's Eve, right? So yes, uh thank you all. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.